What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, I thought we could talk about a quote that I heard in an audiobook. And it was one of those quotes that I heard not once, not twice, but repetitively throughout the entire book. And it's so profound when you understand it. And if you really take this in and live by it, anytime that you should find yourself in a dispute with somebody, I feel like it could really change and alter the course of that argument. And the quote was, a lie perceived as truth will always be true. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, this quote comes from a book called Winning the War on Your Mind, and it is written by a minister, and his name is Greg Groeschel. And this guy has so much energy. I find myself aligning with his energy the entire time that I was listening to his audiobook because he's actually the one that um, he did the voiceover for the audiobook. And in this book, he's explaining something that had happened one time. I, I can't remember if he was at um, going to school to become a minister. I think that's what the case was. And he was talking about how all of the time everybody would kind of joke with each other and they would play like massive pranks on each other. And one time there was a guy that he's really good friends with and he got him so good. And this guy, Craig, is trying to think of a way that he could get him back. And one day he shows up to the office super, super early before everybody else does and all of a sudden, he realized that he wasn't alone. And have you ever been in that situation where somebody's about to like scare you or prank you and you see them, but they don't know that you see them. Mm-hmm. And so you get to scare them before they scare you. So that happened. And he started chasing him through the office and the guy goes into like a closet. And so Craig closes the door and he sits behind it for a second and this guy's banging on the door, asking for Craig to let him out, let him out. You can't keep me in here. It's dark in here. And Craig says, you know what? You're going to stay in there for the rest of the day. I am not going to let you out. So Craig steps away and he goes in his office and then hours go by and he ends up having a premarital counseling session with a couple. And so the couple is in his office and you know those ceilings that have those tiles on the top of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, during... And Clint, you and I went to premarital counseling, so mm-hmm. sometimes they get pretty intense, right? It's There's a lot of emotions in, in that closed room. And all of a sudden, they look up, and one of those tiles is, like, moving. And so this guy, I guess, inside of the closet, there was a way for him to open up one of those tiles and to start to crawl inside of the attic. And so he just so happens to find where Craig was sitting in his office and he starts to open up one of those tiles and he looks down. And so this couple and Craig are looking up at this guy and Craig tells him, like, you go back to where you were and I am not going to let you out for the rest of the day. And so the guy turns around, he goes back, he crawls down into the closet and he stays there for the rest of the day. And of course, Craig apologizes to the couple Mm -hmm. and You know, I don't he doesn't go into detail if he explained what was happening or not with that whole situation. But after the couple leaves, many hours go by and this guy is still like yelling from the closet and nobody's letting him out. And it got to the point to where Craig and mind you, that it sounds like this was probably six to seven hours later. Craig goes to the door and he stands by it and he tells this guy, 
I want you to know that a lie perceived as truth will always be true. And because you believed that you were locked in this closet all day long, you thought that it was actually locked. And because you believed that with such vindication, you didn't even think to try to open the door. But it's actually been unlocked this entire time. Hmm. And so the guy opens up the door and he's like, are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) And so it got me thinking about how there are so many times in our lives where we have arguments with people that we try to get our point across and we want to make them understand that we're right and they're wrong. And when we think of things, especially politically, where both parties believe in that same truth, right, Mm -hmm. them being usually polar opposites of one another. There's no way for us to change the mind of the other person and to allow them to see things our way unless we have a solid understanding and education of our own truths, the own literature, the own research, and the own education that we might have to be able to support our truths. And when you're explaining something in a way to where the other person does not have that type of education or knowledge to be able to back the variance in what they believe versus what you believe, I think that that's really the only way that we're ever able to change somebody's mind. And we've never given ourselves permission to change our mind. And it's difficult for us to do that because a lie perceived as truth will always be true. And sometimes this isn't done in malice. Sometimes this isn't us getting information and it being the wrong information and us knowing about it. In a world of social media, we're surrounded by information that it's just not true. But when we read something and see something, especially when we start to see the supporting interactions and engagement, let's say on a post, then we automatically believe that that's true. But that's not necessarily the case. And a majority of the time, it's really not the case at all. And so I believe there are two types of individuals. There is the type that will take it as it is. And then there's the type that will start to ask questions. And I believe that too too few of us are allowing ourselves to ask those questions and to get curious and to go the extra step, right? Seeing something on Facebook doesn't mean that you're researching something. And I think a lot of people think that they are. But if you go one step, two step, three step, you know, I know professors, if I ever have a question about something, especially when it's politically related, I'll seek out counsel for somebody that I know is much, much more educated than myself. And if there is a topic of interest that I don't know somebody that that might have more knowledge than I do, then I'll go and I'll research it on my own. And when I say research, I'm not talking about, you know, just simply Googling and seeing what comes up at the top. There is very significant evidence showing that, you know, these platforms that we do search on, like Google and Bing and Yahoo, they're censoring just as just as they are with all of these social media platforms. So if that means that we need to read an entire book in order to get the answer to our question, we need to allow ourselves the space to be able to do that and to not just shine it on. I think that we've become way too complacent and things have become way too easy that we don't even realize that we're actually the ones that are standing in that closet perceived to be locked when we could just open the door anytime that we want to. We limit ourselves so much on every aspect and we're always trusting that what the internet tells me is true what facebook tells me is true and and i see this on a daily basis with my partners with people i'm investigating like 
they go, well, I saw this on Facebook, so it has to be true. And I, and I look at them and I go, huh, well, that's interesting, but have you actually fact-checked these items about something that's actually going on in the world of politically wise or just, you know, war wise. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on in, in Russia and, and kind of that whole aspect of, well, let's figure out the, to the bottom line and just not follow the headlines. And that's a great example because I've talked to several people because they know how invested I am politically and they'll ask me questions like, do you think we're going to go to war with Russia? And do you even know the in the Russia dispute? Do you even know what the what the issue is, what Russia wants? No, I don't. It has everything to do with language. That's hmm. that's what the issue is. And people that don't take the time to in, invest their time to understand these things, if most people knew that, then you know, they would kind of laugh it off. And getting back to the point of how this is something that you as the listener can apply in your own life, something I have now learned to apply in my own life is when we do have a disagreement with somebody to try to understand not how to make yourself right, but how to almost have this attorney mentality where you have a caseload and you have all of the facts. And if in that moment you realize that you don't have any kind of research or evidence to support your truths, then sometimes we need to humble down a little bit and ask ourselves, well, why do I think that's true? And the craziest part is you might find that you'll change your mind altogether when you start digging into the research and you start actually understanding the other person's point of view. It, it should be almost like like science where we have to make sure that we're trying our best to disprove whatever the two cases are until we have no more questions. And there there isn't anything else that could make this particular element true whether it's researching your side and researching the other person's side. And I think that's something that we all need to learn how to do. I wish that was something that was taught more. And to a certain extent, it was. And perhaps there are elements of that that fall off as we age and get older because that childlike curiosity disappears. But I think that it's something that we need to remind ourselves of. And it allows us to not feel the need to be right all of the time, but feel the need to know that we've researched to the fullest extent possible, at least given our resources, that we can confidently say that, you know, this is how I feel. This is why I feel that way. These are the statistics to support that. And I've also done the research on the variance, the the op- opposing parties' views. And this could be something political or it could be something within your relationship or even within the relationship with your children or your coworkers, your boss. These are great skills to be able to carry, especially in the workplace. You know, Clint, think about having a skill like this as a police officer, as a detective, no matter what rank you're in. And it's to the extent to where we're able to support our reasoning without being cocky about it and by being able to use grace and a bit of class to show why this might be better than the way that you're presenting it to me. And I hope that's something that we can remember that, you know, we get the amnesia effect, amnesia effect. It's very difficult for us to remember to do these things constantly. But the more we practice it, I think it makes us much more rich in terms of our intellectual capacity. And, um, yeah, so I hope that you've gotten some value out of today's episode. Clint's looking at me almost in awe right now. <laughs> and as always, know that we are sending you a long, tight hug from our home to yours. 
If you have gotten value out of today's episode, do us a favor, drop a review and subscribe down below.